Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. This is what I think is going on in the Gospel of Luke today. That Jesus is back in his hometown, Nazareth, and he looked at his email and saw that he was the lector for the 1030 service at the synagogue. Because that's how it would be, was people would be chosen to do what we're doing right now, to open the scriptures and to proclaim it. Today, Jesus does that in his hometown in the synagogue, and he chooses Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he reads that. And one of the most powerful things that happen is that he tells the people at the assembly that it's being fulfilled now through him. You see, Jesus proclaimed a year of jubilee. In the Old Testament, every 50 years was the year of jubilee. That meant that all debts were paid off. In other words, they're gone. Slaves could go back to their original communities. And worse, for a lot of people, the redistribution of wealth. No wonder they didn't like him. That's a hard thing to accept there. And yet Jesus says, this is being fulfilled through me. That's unbelievable. That's like any lector at a Catholic church or any church would come in and say, guess what? They're talking about me. Guess what happens if you read more verses today? The people are ready to kill Jesus by throwing him off a cliff. That's how they receive the Messiah. That's how they receive Jesus' words today, that they're ready to kill him because your words offend us. And that isn't the only rejection that Jesus experiences. If you read Mark's gospel, chapter 3, so you don't think I'm pulling your leg, because some of you aren't aware of this, is that in the scriptures, Mary, his mother, that's the Virgin Mary, there's a school named after her in in Indiana, I didn't know if you knew that or not, that's the Mary we're talking about, we're not talking about another Mary, his mother and brothers, it says, went from Nazareth to Capernaum to seize him because they thought Jesus was out of his mind. Look it up if you think I'm fooling you. The Virgin Mary went there with the brothers there and said, Jesus, stop talking. Now, some of that, I'm sure, is fear because if you keep talking this way, Jesus, the Roman soldiers are coming after you and they're going to affect us as well. But also, they couldn't believe what he was saying. So his own family misunderstands. And then, with the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he eats, as we know through the Gospel of Luke, there are a lot of eating stories, but here he eats with tax collectors, with prostitutes, with people living outside the law. He eats with them and gives them the respect that is given by another person in eating with the Jewish people at meals. And, you know, some of the tax collectors and prostitutes and people on the margins, I'm sure some of them left their old way of life. In other words, they changed. They believed and said, you're right. And they probably left their old way of living right there. But you know what? Not everyone. Maybe some of the tax collectors and prostitutes and those outside the law probably said, hmm, I'll have to think about it. Well, he gave me something to think about. I might have to act upon it later. Or they may have said, no, no. And they went back to their old way of life. And yet, you never know that maybe they lived because they felt trapped. 
that they lived differently, knowing that God loved them even in their trap situations. The point we're making here today is that God himself is willing to be vulnerable. That God allows people to respond in whatever way they're going to respond. His hometown people who knew him when he was just a little boy were ready to throw him off the cliff. They rejected what he was saying. And this vulnerable God allows people to reject and does not stop loving them. He even accepts the rejection and misunderstanding of his own family, his own mother, that didn't understand all that was going on. And yet, this vulnerable God, Jesus, accepts people's misunderstandings and rejections and saying, okay. Doesn't mean he just leaves it there, but he understands. And all the people that he taught who were living lives of sin, even if they went back to their old way of life, he never withdrew love. And he never stopped preaching and caring for them. This is the God that we have that is vulnerable, that allows people to respond. But he never stops teaching and offering sight to the blind, healing to the lame, a year of jubilee of removing all debt. This is amazing. And those then who claim to be the church... Disciples of Jesus, which we all are, the body of Christ. Are we allowing ourselves as church to be vulnerable, to be rejected, to be misunderstood? Not to be a church of power and allying with powerful people, but a church that is so humble that it just takes people where they're at. And never stops loving them. Never stops ministering to them. Never stop bringing the healing. Because Jesus' mission is our mission as well by our very baptism. And yet, we find ourselves in a situation today that is not new to the history of the church. Today, a lot of people choosing not to come. A lot of people are choosing not to participate in ministry or going to programs that the church has set up, or be involved like they used to, and maybe not go to Mass every time like they used to, for many reasons. There isn't just one reason. And yet, even though some people can get discouraged and say, it's not the way it used to be, or the church is dying and failing, all I can tell you is, we've never been busier. Just because people don't come doesn't mean their needs go away. Well, we don't stop serving. Oh, you don't have envelopes? Oh, you're not registered? Oh, we don't see you at Mass? Sorry, we can't do anything for you. The church has never been busier right now. And just because people aren't involved like before doesn't mean the work of God isn't happening right now. And it happens in you. In what you're doing, the church is strong in its most vulnerability. Think about it, that the church began in the first 300 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. It was persecuted for 300 years. How many years is that, people? That's a lot of years. Some of you can barely make it to two years, huh? 
100 years. And the only reason that you and I are here today is because martyrs shared their blood. And that's why you're here today. Otherwise, it would have died off and you would have never known what Jesus was about, most likely. In this vulnerability, the church throughout its history has been able to speak truth in its most powerless position. You know, I recently met someone who needed an anointing. They're dying. They told me their story. They said, Father, I'm Asian. So they identified themselves as Asian. And they said, you probably remember the 1940s, don't you? I said, I'm familiar with it in the sense that people were put into camps, especially the Japanese. He says, well, I was in one of those camps. And there was a Catholic church nearby. And I want you to know they rejected me and my family. They wanted nothing to do with me and my family. And that hurt me. And so, Father, I want to tell you before you bless me that I'm a bad Catholic. I'm a bad Catholic. I haven't lived well, and I just need a blessing before I go home to the Lord. And I said, well, did you forgive those people? And he goes, yes, I did. I said, that sounds like Christ to me. Then we went through that person's whole life, and they did so many Christ-like things. And we blessed him. And you know, he's never been to St. Patrick's because he didn't know who I was. But I told him that when he died, he and his family would be most welcome to have the funeral at St. Patrick's. And he got a pen and got his wife and said, write his name down. What's this name of this parish? What, what is it? You know, they've never been here. And so I come back to tell you today that they don't have envelopes. So I won't be able to show you how successful the parish is because their names aren't going to be added to envelopes. One, I didn't ask for it. But two, most likely they've never been in here and they never will again. I don't know. Who knows? And you know, they didn't register. They didn't involve in ministry. They didn't sit in the pews and make our numbers look good. But you know what? The work of the church happened. And the same thing happens for you. That's why the danger in following Jesus is we look for results. And we measure results by how successful things are. Because that's how you and I live our lives. That's how we live every day. But the problem is when you try to put that kind of thinking into faith, into church living, into kingdom living and preaching... It doesn't work. St. Paul tells us something so beautiful today in 1 Corinthians when he says the weaker part of the members still are important. So when someone has gone through an abortion or supports it, even today at this moment that they're here, they're still an important member of the community. The community loves them. But as Jesus does, we always continue to teach what is true and always journey together and not disband people. That poor person that I visited had to define themselves they were a bad Catholic. Who taught them that? Who told that person they were a bad Catholic? Now, could they have done better maybe? But you know what? There are things in their lives that happen. But you know what? God saw 
things in them. And so today, as we enter into a time that is not new to church history, this is the most powerful time that we're going to do the work of the Lord. But you know what? We can't quantify it. We can't tell you, this is how many people were saved today. This is how many people brought in money. This is how many people are going to be part of our programs. This is a hard time for a lot of people because it's hard for them to change. And it really was never about any of that stuff. It's about people like you and me remembering that all members are important to the body, even the weak ones. The head can't say the feet, you're not important or I'm not important because I don't do what you do. And St. Paul says, no, every member, whether strong or weak, has a place in the community. And so now, just know that St. Patrick's has never been busier ever. That people, because they choose not to participate in the sacraments a lot, because they're not signing up for everything, for many reasons, some good and some they have to look at. That the work of the Lord still happens. That people are still getting married and buried and baptized and needing comfort and direction and mental health and being told that their sins are forgiven and that they can be preached the truth. And so we need to move on that this is not something new to the church. Today, Jesus would say, yep, been there many times. It's nothing new. But God is a God willing to be vulnerable, to be misunderstood, even by his own family, to be rejected and being wanted to throw off a cliff. I'm sure some of you have wanted to do that to me as well, huh? That just happens. But the church needs to be vulnerable as well and be open to rejection to misunderstanding, to people just walking away and saying, ah, we don't like the policies here, we don't like the preaching here, we don't like the building, we don't like your sayings. It's okay, because the work never ends. So join me, because you're already doing it, and so am I. Let's roll up our sleeves. Huh? Let's get to work, because there's a lot of people that need Jesus, whether they come or not. As St. Paul tells us in today's 1 Corinthians, even the weakest members should be surrounded and being part of God's family. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 